Hello, welcome to our Leadership Capacity Unit. We're going to talk about some uh, wellness stuff today that we think you'll find pretty interesting that uh, helps you define wellness and resilience. We're going to talk about the essential elements to maintain a high level of wellness and we're going to talk about uh, some influences you can have on things like your own sleep routine. We're going to talk about the function of the vagus nerve and uh, we're going to be able to teach others the resilience model that will become part of your wellness piece. And, uh, as a leader, you got to remember that you really need to exhibit calmness and resilience to be viewed as effective. And you know, the reality is leaders have followers. So oftentimes ask yourself, would I want to follow me? Your, your example should always encourage while validating others to build capacity in their own selves. And uh, we do that through wellness and body, mind, and spirit. And, and you know, consider this: someone is always watching, especially if you're new. If you're new to this piece, so act accordingly. You know, as as we talk about decision making, sometimes we have to check ourselves uh, at the gate of can you, yes, should you, who knows. Um, you know, before you take an action, you gotta ensure. You know, is this action we're thinking of taking is it fair? Is it just? Is it necessary? Is it necessary right now? Oftentimes, you can take a beat before you act. So, the first bit we're going to spend some time on is sleep because you'll find this is the piece you have the most individual control over. The lack of sleep actually impairs judgment and decision making, and it's sort of a reverse form of stigma where some people think that uh, coming into work after two hours of sleep or doing an 80 hour week or something like that makes them some kind of noble creatures or, or more desirable employees and it's just the absolute opposite from the truth. Uh, sleep deprivation actually mirrors alcohol impairment. If you stay awake for 24 hours you will behave exactly the same way as someone who would be over the limit with alcohol. And We encourage you now to become a sleep advocate and one of the ways we're going to do that is we're going to show you some sleep hygiene stuff. We're going to talk about the importance of darkness. We'll talk about how you can influence your, your environment, have some control over the inputs that are going into you, and some helpers that'll, that'll uh, get you on your way. The threat assessment system that we have that's on at all times, it's on in our social circumstances and it's, it's on outside when we have that you know friend-foe thing that's going on all the time. Um, that's a little bit reduced in darkness. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but uh, when we're in the dark, we seem to think we're safer. So that part of our brain allows us to get into REM sleep. That is the restorative sleep, rapid eye movement. That's where our, our mind can sort of rebuild its pathways and, and really get better and get rested. And in order to do that, we need a dark environment. And uh, even small, small sources of light, you know, the, uh, if you think your bedroom's dark but there's light leaking out from a hallway door or um, you've got an appliance across the other end of the room that might be blinking or your phone on your nightstand, you actually shouldn't have your phone on your nightstand but that's for other reasons. Any of that amount of light will actually get into your eyes and, and make you not sleep well. It's kind of like if you ever fall asleep on a hammock in the summertime, you wake up and you feel like, you know, a little bit groggy but not fully refreshed because you didn't actually have a proper sleep. You didn't get deep enough in to get the good restorative sleep that we're looking for in REM. Um, so one of the easiest and best things you can do is try one of these eye masks. This uh, is the molded kind with the contoured uh, eyes and uh, they cost a little more money but they're actually worth it because they don't put the pressure on, on your eyeball and, and uh, so you don't wake up with your vision blurred really good stuff and, and like five or six dollars and you really be impressed with the difference that it, that it makes. 
Um, here's something that I didn't know until I started doing some research. Mattresses have a, have a life cycle, a service life, and uh, it's somewhere in the seven to 10 year range. So if you have a mattress that is older than 10 or you don't even know how old it is, get you a new one. They're uh, on sale all the time. And uh, the best money you spent on yourself in a long time, you'd be really glad that you did. Uh, fresh, clean linens keep the dust and uh, pollens and uh, any of the kind of stuff that cause allergens. That keep that keeps that t to a minimum. Um, it smells better, it feels better, and uh, it's just good for morale. Clean linens will help you sleep better. Uh, we also, you know, we can choose a lot of the inputs that goes into our bodies and our minds. And things like complex carbs, you know, uh, refined sugars, white flour, the things that we get in uh, pastries or uh, like slices of pizza and that kind of stuff, especially in the evening, can arouse because a really, really restless, restless sleep. And caffeine's another thing that many of us have a relationship. It it has a half life of five hours, so realistically, you should be avoiding caffeine after about five o'clock. Now, if you're somebody who can drink caffeine at ten o'clock at night and not be affected by it, it's possible that you're taking in so much of it over the course of a day that it's not doing what it was designed to do, which is bump you up and wake you up uh, three or four times in the day. So think about that um, when we talk about uh, some of the stigmatized and judgy nature we have towards uh, people with addiction issues. Because if you've ever decided that you're drinking too much caffeine and decide tomorrow, no more caffeine. And by like 10 o'clock in the morning, you've got a skull crack and headache and boiling guts and, and you're nauseous and you're all fidgety and sweaty. Those are classic withdrawal symptoms on a drug on which you've become dependent. Now, that doesn't mean it's addiction, but it does mean that it's very easy for us to use products enough that we become dependent on it. So, you know, recognize that it can be corrected and fixed, but also, you know, Neil was right, a little part of it in everyone. Show a little kindness. Alcohol disrupts the insulin levels in your, in your uh, body and it destabilizes your blood sugars and it will cause a very, very restless sleep. If you believe that a few drinks or a bunch of drinks before bed will help you sleep, it's not really true. You will, you will sort of lose consciousness, but it won't be a proper night's sleep. And if you're anybody that has any history with trauma or you're an OSI type like I am, uh, that's usually when the demons like to come and visit. And uh, in my experience, all demons can swim, so there's no point trying to drown them. So not going to work for you. Find another way. The uh, thing that also we, we don't really realize over the course of the day is we're usually exposed to a fairly constant flow of negative news. Or, or violent programming that, that shows you know, abuse and suffering. That stuff takes its toll over you, on you over the course of a, of a period of time. It certainly at least does to me. And it can trip those same memories that uh, if you have a trauma past can really, really mess up your sleep and wake you up and everybody around you in the, in the middle of the night. So think about this. If you want to stay well informed and you know not be somebody at a, at a dinner party that can't carry a conversation because you don't know what's going on in the world, Think about getting your news from reputable news sites on the uh, on the internet. That way, you can click on the stories that interest you and get the background that you need. Or good old-fashioned printed newspapers are great. You read the parts you want, don't read the parts you don't want. It lets you control the flow and the content. It's worth trying. As far as helpers go, good old chamomile tea helps people settle right down in the evening and and have a good night's sleep. Melatonin is a naturally occurring product that uh, the only 
concern with that is that you need to give it the time it takes to work. So probably take it around eight o'clock the night before when you got to get some sleep so that uh, it can work its way through your system. Epsom salt's been around for centuries. A marvelous product that draws toxins out of your body and really helps you sleep. Many of them now come with uh, fragrances added that are, are known to be have a calming effect as well. So, and it's cheap and plentiful. Epsom salt's great stuff. You can also use local honey. By that I mean not the pasteurized stuff, but the smaller jars that you'd find like at a deli from a uh, manufacturer within 50 miles or so. And you mix that with Himalayan salt, the the pink stuff. Um, those things together will allow you to get into REM sleep earlier. I do it every night. I have a little mixture of salt and honey at the side of my bed, a little dab under my tongue, not enough to mess up the sugars, but it helps you get into a REM sleep. Very effective product. Back to the vagus nerve. Um, having some cold air moving around your head at night settles that vagus nerve and calms you down. Um, you can do it with a wall or a stand beside the bed. Uh, one of the things that, that works, which we use is a ceiling fan. Uh, keeps the air moving and it really, really does help you sleep. Some folks find that having some white noise helps them. You know, the, the forest sounds or ocean sounds or traffic sounds or whatever, whatever it is that they like. I'm a white noise guy. Check that. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a uh, earplugs guy. I like to not hear anything. So uh, whatever it is that you think you want to try, try it, see what works. We also have uh, done some research into weighted blankets and uh, People with anxiety issues have, have reported that sleeping in a, under a weighted blanket gives a swaddling effect and they feel very safe and very comforted. The ratio seems to be about 10 to 1 or 10% so that if you're a 200 pound person, you probably want a 20 pound weighted blanket. The folks that uh, use them really like them, they get some good results for them. Talk more about that brain and gut relationship. That, that vagus nerve communicates with organ groups all through our body and it's responsible for regulating all kinds of responses and the gut and the brain communicate all the time it's not just a case where you know if a little kid gets frightened and they get a tummy ache you know the tummy also communicates with the mind and uh, when you hear about probiotics you hear a lot of it advertised and we don't, we don't always know what they're talking about but probiotics are a naturally occurring product that uh, you will find a bacteria that's in fermented or pickled items so uh, naturally occurs in sauerkraut or kimchi, kombucha, some types of yogurt. Um, I drink a product called kefir, K-E-F-I-R, that is uh, either a thick milk or a loose yogurt and uh, sometimes have bits of fruit in it and stuff. And uh, It's loaded in the probiotics and uh, it's interesting because as it settles into your stomach, you feel yourself feeling instantly better. It's marvelous. I really encourage you to try it. Um, the nerve tone. From, from the vagus nerve, it can actually be in, built out to increase your resilience. You can actually improve and enhance your vagus nerve tone. So have a look at this video. It comes to us from our friend Michael Hatz. Live a better life by hacking your vagus nerve. Live a better life by hacking your vagus nerve. In this video, I'll be explaining Live a better life by hacking your vagus nerve. In this video, I'll be explaining why this little nerve is not only key to your well-being, but has a pivotal role in your decision-making. But before I get there, let's go back and do just a little bit of biology. Because for any hack, you need to understand how things work first. So it's geek alert time, because we need to talk about your autonomic nervous system. 
The autonomic nervous system is an integral part of the human body as it monitors and regulates the visceral organs, heart, lungs, liver, gallbladder, stomach, intestines, kidneys, and sex organs. Problems with any of these organs can arise from the dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system. It is also the part of our bodies that deals with stress. Whatever the stress is that we experience, not sleeping enough, poor diet or toxic relationships, that stress is translated into hormones that directly affect the function of our organs. You've probably heard of the fight or flight mode. Well, this is a great state for escaping from predators, but it's not a healthy state to be in for more than a few minutes. Research has even shown that our IQ is reduced and we are less creative when we're in this fight or flight mode. So when we're in this stress mode, our thoughts focus on getting away from things that we don't like. Stress clients talk to me about what they don't want, like changing jobs, moving house or avoiding people. These are all stress responses and stress is not a good place to come from when making important life and career decisions. When it comes to coaching people, I want them to be in what's called the rest and recover mode, where your body is relaxed and the creative parts of your brain are fully engaged. If you want to learn more about how the brain operates under stress, then have a look at the video in the description. A key part of this rest and recover mode is controlled by the vagus nerve. This nerve is the longest nerve in the body, which originates in the brain and travels down the neck and then connects to the digestive system, liver, spleen, pancreas, heart and lungs. It has a special role in reducing inflammation, lowering blood pressure and balancing the hormones in our bodies so that we recover from stress quickly and feel happy and relaxed, ready for the next challenge. Now the vagus nerve in babies is a finely tuned instrument. It's how they can go from crying one minute to laughing and being blissfully happy the next. It's why babies sleep well, like babies. But modern living isn't kind to the vagus and for many of us, our vagus has lost its lustre. This can actually be measured using what's called heart rate variability. And you can learn more about this with the link in the description. The health of your vagus is commonly called vagal tone. High vagal tone improves the function of many body systems, causing better blood sugar regulation, reduced risk of stroke and cardiovascular disease, lower blood pressure and improved digestion. Higher vagal tone is also associated with better mood, less anxiety and more stress resilience. So essentially, a healthy vagus is key to being happy, resilient and making good decisions. So how do we get our vagus back to its original baby state? Here's three things that research has shown that make a big difference. Number one, cold water. Temperature therapy is huge in professional sports right now, whether it's ice baths or cryotherapy chambers, because they seem to rev up recovery by improving vagal tone. Some of you might want to ease into it with a cold shower occasionally, but actually you can get a lot of the same benefit just by splashing cold water on your face in the morning and before bed. This activates a primal reflex called the mammalian dive reflex that is designed to slow our bodies down when diving into water. It's simple and can have a dramatic effect on your vagus if done regularly. Number two, using your voice. Ever seen yogis chanting OM on TV? Well, there's some science behind this as your vagus runs past your vocal cords and through your lungs. And research shows that not just chanting, but singing, laughing, and even gargling activate the vagus nerve and slow you down. So try singing along to your favorite tunes on your way to work or gargle mouthwash first thing in the morning and see what it does to you. And finally, number three, breathing. Of course, we breathe all the time, 
but our breathing patterns reflect our vagal tone. I can tell a lot about a client's vagal tone by the speed and shallowness of their breath. Learning to breathe slower and deeper can take some time and practice. And for this, I recommend the HeartMath Inner Balance, which feeds back to you how your breathing is affecting your heart rate variability. Alternatively, there's a free breathing pacer, link in the description, which you can follow on your phone. Do it for a few minutes and you'll feel your vagus nerve coming on. So there you go, a quick primer on the importance of the vagus nerve and some of the rapid strategies you can use to improve it. The vagus nerve is a key part of my coaching and it's not just about health, but in helping you make better decisions in your life and career. If you have any questions on the vagus nerve, please leave a comment. And for more videos on building your resilience and improving your performance, please subscribe. Let's move on to another Eastern concept, that being gratitude. It's really well documented that the people who practice gratitude on a daily basis have more positive outlooks and a kinder and broader worldview, and they tend to just simply be more resilient. And gratitude can be shown through prayer, as some of us were trained as children, or just some quiet reflection or a conversation with the universe. And you kind of wonder how to get started. There's there's lots of links we can send to you, but. Uh, Here's, here's what I do on a, on a daily basis, sometimes three or four times a day, and at least before my, my feet hit the ground. You start out with good things that you're grateful for in your life. It's three good things, like it could be, uh, you know, thank you for my career, my family, my home, that sort of stuff. You know, it doesn't have to be exotica, it's just stuff you're really grateful for. And then think about three opportunities that uh, your, your loved ones have been afforded. You know, thank you for my, my kids' success in school. Thank you for my, my wife getting that good job that she wanted so much. And then think about three things for the future. And, you know, it can even be stuff that's kind of made up. Thanks for my safe and healthy retirement. You know, thanks, thanks for my career advancement, that sort of stuff. And, and just become habitualized to, to doing this as a thing that's part of your wellness arc. We talk a fair bit about the resilience model, so we're going to spend some time on it here. I'm sure this uh, content will be fairly familiar to you. It's sort of a, a four-cornered piece, starting with uh, goal setting, and then visualization, tactical breathing, and positive self-talk. And uh, all of these things help reduce stress and increase uh, your wellness capacity. Yeah, we'll start with, with goal setting. Large events or operations or huge issues, they can really seem insurmountable to us and we can really get bogged down under the weight of stuff, whether it's running a job or a family, that kind of stuff. You know, If we, if we set smaller or more manageable, attainable goals, it, it makes it easier for us to chip away at the things that are in front of us because uh, you chip a big thing into small things. And, you know, the old line, how do, you eat an, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. So uh, visualization, this is something that, that is really very interesting to me is if you look at top athletes or race drivers before an event, they'll most of the time be off quietly with their eyes closed and visualizing the turns in the track and the things that they need to do to succeed and, and uh, dominate in their field. So it's, it is a form of uh, you know, positive thinking, but it really becomes a manifestation of success. And, uh, the coaches, the best coaches, uh, encourage them to do this as well. And there's nothing stopping you from seeing yourself winning. See yourself crossing the line first. See yourself winning. 
Tactical breathing has, has many names, uh, variations on the procedure, and uh, the net result's the same. It uh, gives you a better oxygen exchange. It lowers the heart and blood, heart rate and blood pressure, and people just generally feel good afterwards, partly because it can also bring down your general level of arousal and it decreases any sense of an amygdala hijack. This is also part of the vagus nerve conversation that we're, we're having with you, and as the vagus nerve goes through the back of your throat, this breathing piece does the same thing as, as some of those other uh, vagus stimulators. So what we're going to do is I'll, I'll do a quick demo of, of tactical or box breathing for you. And then what we'll do on the, on the end of it is we'll make a minor variation. So you do the four-sided piece. So inhale fully for a four count. Hold that breath for a four count. Exhale fully for a four count. And have empty lungs for a four count. And we, that's the normal pattern that you want to do when you're doing box breathing. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna follow that pattern, but on the down slope of exhale, we're gonna say the word home, H-O-M-E, home. And it, the sound of it might be vaguely familiar and there's a reason for it. It stimulates the vagus nerve on the way out. So let's try it, you ready? Okay, fully engage all the way in. Hold, exhale, home, empty lungs, all the way in. Home. Home. Let's try that four or five times on your cycle. You'll find you might get a little dizzy from it. Partly that's because we don't get very many full breaths in the course of a day, but uh, you're actually going to feel a little bit better once, once the dizziness goes away. Um, we encourage you to practice the tactical breathing piece when you're in a relatively serene state, maybe at a traffic light or something like that. It's not something that you want to learn when everything's completely gone to hell. So practice that and get used to it. And, and do your gratitude piece when you have a minute to yourself or maybe before you, before you get out of bed in the morning or before your coffee or in the shower or whatever. Do the gratitude piece. It only takes a couple of minutes every day and it really does set you up for success for the day. As far as positive self-talk goes, you know, we, we crap talk ourselves all day and uh, it gets worse when we're under pressure. And, you know, we talk to ourselves a lot. We should try to be friends. But, uh, you know, an awful lot of it comes down to a decision that, that you get to, to make in, about your attitude. So when you combine the concept of seeing yourself winning and setting attainable goals, you can look at your, your approach to this thing as, as a choice between instead of saying, I have to go out, you say, I get to go out. Or instead of saying, ah, oh, geez, I got to see these people, you say, hey, I get to see these people, maybe make a new friend, who knew? So that's a simple little shift. The outcomes are identical, but you make a small change in the way you approach it and you can sometimes feel better about it. We also encourage some, some more distant self-talk. And this is part of what we teach in our peer support work is that when you are sitting quietly with yourself and validating and supporting yourself on your own, on your own journey, you, you kind of have to ask yourself, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? And how do you get there? Because at the end of this journey, there's nobody looking out for you but you. You have to do the work yourself. So we start with practicing self-forgiveness. Forgive yourself for making mistakes. People make mistakes when they're trying to do stuff. The people who never made a mistake never did anything. So provide for yourself the same level of forgiveness you would do for a loved one. Be your own friend for a few minutes. And also check your thinking. 
we do a unit in the stigma uh, section on cognitive distortions and, and find out or make sure you're not sliding into some distorted thinking that's getting in your own way. You know, we trip over ourselves sometimes and it gets in the way of our happiness. So be mindful of cognitive distortions as they bump into your life. And I want to talk for a minute now about mentoring. And uh, in the fire service where I grew up, uh, we do a lot of mentoring and oftentimes it's people that, that like somebody or see, see potential in somebody and they, and they help them develop into, into leadership roles and help them survive in a place that's trying to kill them. But some environments don't have a lot of mentoring and so there are always people in the corner that are more quiet and they sometimes don't catch anyone's attention they don't get the mentoring. So as we build this out, we need to ensure that, that everyone gets a shot at some mentoring. And, not just uh, the advantage of, of being seen by people who remind us of ourselves or people that we like. So um, just to keep sure of us, make sure we're on track and, and, and before things fully spin out of control, it's a good idea to have a, a three-tiered mentor program in your life. Uh, we start with a peer mentor and a peer mentor doesn't have to be somebody who does the same job as you or has an identical background or family circumstance. It's just somebody with, with, with a similar current set of uh, values and circumstances that, that reminds you of you and, and where you are in your story. And when we talk to them and review our week or our day or what have you on a, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, let's just make sure that we're acting correctly and a peer will call you out when you're not acting properly. It's a good little check to keep in mind. And a spiritual mentor is, is there to ensure that we're feeling properly. Now that doesn't necessarily mean a, a clergy person, but it could certainly be you know, an aunt or a grandparent or uh, you know, a high school teacher or somebody who, who wants the best for you and has always wanted the best for you. But making sure that as the world's bumping off of you, you're feeling properly about yourself and your role inside of it. Spiritual mentoring is an area where we're all kind of a little weak and, and, and we could all use a little bit of help. And, and finally, we're gonna, we'll talk about a psychological mentor. And that's just somebody whose mind you trust and their thinking you trust. And that's to ensure that you're thinking properly and you know, your, your thinking and your actions are, are on track. Uh, this needs to be somebody that you also trust and also somebody that has your best interests in mind. So three-tiered uh, mentoring, it's really worth a look. So let's gonna close off on, on a couple of points here. Um, to, to be an effective leader and a happy, well-adjusted person, you really do need to stay healthy. And one of the ways we do that is by being aware of changes in ourself. Uh, those same changes that we look for in others, we watch for that in ourselves. You can check yourself against the continuum on a regular basis. Am I in the yellow? Am I in the green? Am I suddenly in the orange? What's put me in the orange? And what do I got to do to get back into the yellow? That's all part of a daily conversation. You know, when you, when you see people in road rage incidents, those people idle in the orange and some small thing happens and it pops them into the red and they're dangerous for a little while. So try to be in the yellow, ideally in the green and, and watch ourselves as we're changing through that thing. And, and bear in mind too, that as a leader, your people are highly attuned to hypocrisy. So they absolutely are gonna know if you're coming in tired or hungover or, or not following the, the rules that you'd like to see in them. So you gotta have to lead by example on that. And you know, the, the, the ritual piece, there's sanity in ritual. And here's something that you might wanna add to your life as, as, as we round out this piece is, if you can meditate daily, even just for five minutes, you will feel better, whether you use a, a 
app on your phone. I use one called Insight Timer every day. You can find the binaurals. You can find just music or guided meditations. Try it every day. Take a few days to get used to the idea of it. Control your breathing and just be there and present in that moment. It's great for you. The gratitude piece, that may take you a little bit longer and you may have to take a few swings at it. Trust me, you'll feel better when you do that. And then the other note that we keep hitting is try to get outside every day. Even if it's like around the block at lunchtime, get outside, get the sun on your face, get that vitamin D rolling, get some wind in your hair, be outside. Walk enough to break a sweat. You'll feel better. So we thank you for participating and paying attention, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the, in the next unit. Thanks for coming up.